The ice is getting thinner for the Indianapolis Colts, and they might just be pretty close to falling through at this point. It's going to be another spicy episode ahead for you guys on today's episode of Locked on Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in for another hate listen and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. This is Jake Arthur, joined alongside Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from horseshoehuddle.com. Uh, today we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give you our initial reactions on this latest Colts letdown. So they fall 19 to 10 to the Tennessee Titans. Ho hum midseason game, right? No, this is big bad. Uh, fifth straight loss to the Titans. They're 3-3-1 three, three, and one on the season now, which of course isn't terrible, but they only have one division game left. They're 1-3-1 one, and one in the AFC South. If you hope to make the playoffs, that is a terrible record because, you know, right. you're, you're, any tiebreaker you hope for is, is now toast. Um, stop me if you've heard this one before. Offense didn't show up. Defense looked great to a point, but being on the field and, you know, being given bad field position and turnovers and all this, the defense can only hold for so long. Uh, so, yeah, Zach, what do you think? I mean, I think we, we kind of knew this coming into this week. Uh, I know I've kind of mentioned it a little bit just from my time covering the Colts. The Colts have kind of always been the little brother in the AFC South. You know, they have not won the AFC South since 20, uh, what was it, 2016 now, 2015? I think 2015 is the last uh, time they won. Probably fifth. Because I yeah. I feel like 2016 was rough with Luck hurt and everything, but yeah. Right, but at least in that time, you know, they were always beating the Titans because Andrew Luck was always beating the Titans, even when they weren't winning, you know, the division back then and stuff like that. But now, I mean, the, the, the division belongs to the Tennessee Titans. This is the Tennessee Titans division, and there's no more times that we can say, uh, oh, it's, it could come down to the Colts or the Titans. You know, it could go either way. Oh, it's Colts or Titans. No, this is the Titans division. This division belongs to the Tennessee Titans and the Colts don't even get the benefit of the doubt of saying like, Oh yeah, they could show up this year. They could be that team this year. No, not until they actually show up for one of these games against the Titans uh, because they, they legitimately look like the Titans little brothers right now. This is a little brother football team to the Tennessee Titans because they're kind of built the same way. They're kind of similar philosophies, but they are clearly the inferior team in this matchup. And we've seen it the last, you know, last five times these two teams have played the Colts really haven't deserved to be on the football field with them. Uh, I mean, honestly, the only reason they've kept the two games close-ish this season is because the Titans are one of the worst second-half teams in all of football. So the Colts can kind of come back a little bit in the second half to make it look decent. But, no, I mean, the Tennessee Titans are in a different league, and the Titans are not a good team. The Titans are – like, the, the Titans are fine. Like, they're a solid team. 
you know, they, they have a lot of issues. They can't really throw the ball right now. They have poor receiver group. Uh, they have a good running game and a solid defense. But the, the Titans are not a team that you w- can really have the benefit of saying, oh, we're inferior to them. Like, it's not like this is the Chiefs or the Bills. You know, this is this is a, a middling playoff team that the Colts are clearly, clearly not on the same level with. And they just have not shown up against this team for over two years now. I mean, it's over two years that the Tennessee Titans have just beat the brakes off the Colts every single time they've played. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I said this morning before the game started, I said that uh, this game would really tell us a lot about this Colts team. Are they finally going to turn that corner and be a team that could win the AFC South? Or are we going to see that same average team that's maybe competing for a wild card spot? And today, I mean, the, the optimistic view, if you want wins, obviously, is they're probably an average team that's competing for the wild card. Uh, I, I mean, more realistic, they're probably like a six, seven win team you know so i I don't know uh it's it's it it sucks and it was so predictable coming off of the high of that great win against the jaguars it was just kind of predictable that the way that the frank reich tenure and the chris Ballard tenure has gone that they would just come out and lay an egg against the tennessee titans the next week so i want to say this is surprising and we're upset about the loss but it's kind of par for the course with with this whole regime and, and this whole tenure and and uh, yeah, it, it was it's bad, man. Yeah, you, I mean, again, for all you guys who have been Colts fans for the last 20 years through the Peyton Manning era, through the Andrew Luck era, I mean, you never saw the Colts losing to the Titans. They were always beating the Titans. Even in the Titans' best years, they were beating the Titans. Now they are little brother to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are the big brother in this matchup, and the Tennessee Titans own the AFC South, and the Colts do not deserve any benefit of the doubt to say that they have like any right to that AFC South title because they just haven't shown it. No, you're completely right. They're, they're pretenders. They're, we're just going to keep seeing this yo-yo thing all season where they'll win these games like the chiefs and, you know, they'll, they'll grab that game against the the Jaguars, but exactly how expected, you know, we, we all had that dark thought in the back of our minds that this Tennessee game wasn't going to go well, regardless of, of their two game win streak, whatever. But man, yeah, We've, I think we've just got to completely flush those Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck days away because this is not, this is not our childhood Colts team. At they all. are like, those years are as relevant to today's Colts as the United's years were to those Colts. You know, they're just it's it's nothing. They're, 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 it means nothing. You could say that the Colts are this historic franchise that were dominating the two thousands. You know, most winningest team in the two thousands and seven. And Andrew Luck never lost to the Titans. This is a different Colts team, and and it, we can't say, like, oh, it could turn around with Reich and Ballard. It could turn around with this regime because we've seen it for five years now. You know, like, th- this is year after year after year. It's the exact same Colts team. Uh, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had a little optimism they could turn it around today after what they did last week. But, I mean, now, I, I mean, all the optimism is completely gone. And we said, you know, two weeks ago going into that Jaguars game, we said that, the Colts need to win both the Jaguars game and the Titans game for us to take them seriously, for them to have a chance at this division and for us to take them seriously. Now that they drop this one, the division's out of the question and I'm not taking them seriously the rest of the season. No, I'm, I feel totally jaded now. (laughs) And you know, you you mentioned it's like the same Colts. It's the same Colts year after year. It's the same script in this game year after year. It's the, the, Titans front seven on defense just bullies the Colts offensive line, regardless of who the Colts have out there. Uh, The Colts, you know, the game is somewhat close, but there's some big splash play by the Titans. That is the deciding factor. We'll call it the pick six in this one. 
Um, and, and then Derrick Henry rushes for over 100 yards. It follows like the same script every single time. Uh, the, the Colts just are not prepared for this matchup whatsoever. And God, I know there's 10 games left, but it just feels like, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna get called out in the comments for being very defeatist and like, oh, this like emo self worth thing is 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 so weird on a podcast. But honestly, like, yeah. like I'm just trying to be honest here, guys. Like, we're gonna get we're gonna do our best covering this team the rest of the year. But and and I guarantee there's gonna be some really good high points going forward. You know, they're gonna mm. beat they're gonna beat like the Vikings by like two scores or something, and and it'll be crazy. And but they're it's gonna be just another middling season where they might squeak in the playoffs, but. They probably won't, and they'll end up somewhere between that 13th to 17th pick. Uh, and we'll do this whole whole thing again next year, you know, with whoever is a coach or, or until there's a, a major, major shift in philosophy or personnel at GM and head coach. I just think we're going to be stuck with this exact same Colts team for, for many years. And, and, and again, the, the grace period post-Andrew Luck is gone. We have seen the exact same team every year since then. So it's like you said, the, the Tennessee Titans are kind of just the perfect symbolism of what we see in this team where it's the same script every single year. And, and we'll see it with with more games going forward. But, yeah, you know, if it were up to me, up to you, up to all the fans, I think blowing it up right now, the trade deadline, the best you could makes a lot of sense. But uh, uh, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are fighting for their job, so they're not going to blow up anything. Uh, there's no chance they blow that up. But, yeah, it's bad. I mean, again, a team that you've historically dominated is now your big brother in the division. So it's, it, it, it's as bad as it gets, you know, it's, it's not as bad as losing every single time you play in Jacksonville and getting embarrassed there, but it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Realistically, I, I don't think either of us expect for any huge blow up to, to happen, whether or not it, it, it actually should, but whew, I, I don't know at this point, but before we move on to discussing the offense specifically, <laughs> Uh, we want to tell you guys about something positive, uh, which is our new sponsor, Prediction Strike. The ep- this episode is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athlete prices move based on their performances and supply and demand, just like the actual star- stock market. Uh, for me, I've never been into stocks and all that stuff. It's confusing and too much to think about. But when you put it into the terms of sports like this, it's a lot easier to digest. Uh, for example, if you invested in Jalen Hurts last year, you'd be up 48 per, 48.2% right now as he's an MVP frontrunner. Kyle Pitts, for example, is way down 44.12% after the start that he's had to this year. Unlike, unlike sports betting companies, all athletes benefit too and are entitled to a percentage of their market cap. I think that's a really cool part of it because how much of media do we take advantage of talking about these athletes and everything? They actually get a cut of, of people you know, right. playing games based off of them. Uh, so download the Prediction Strike app and use code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with the code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares, for example. Yeah. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. This episode is also brought to you guys by Blue Nile. Whether you're looking to pop the question or have a milestone to celebrate or you just want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jewel, 
jeweler. Jeez, that's a hard word for my weird accent. Blue neither Nile. of us can. Neither of us can talk today, which is. I good. know. Okay, I'm just gonna say it's a hard word for me though. But by the original online jeweler, jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose a diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then help you handcraft her perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring. Don't tell my wife, but it is time for her to get some new jewelry. I haven't got her uh, much jewelry lately. So uh, I did did go all out on that wedding ring a couple years ago. But yeah, it probably is time that I go to Blue Nile and then, you know, start that. So make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on a purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com, code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code LOCKEDON. All right, Jake, let's talk about this offense. I'm so excited. I'm pumped to talk about this Colts offense. I think, uh, yeah, this Colts offense sucks. It's terrible. It and, stinks. And I said at the end of our prediction show on for Friday's episode, I said the only things holding me back is I wanted to see one more week of this offense looking good. And obviously the fact that I had to pick against the Colts uh, because mm. it's my thing. But now I'm one and six, so look at me. I'm turning it around. Uh, <laughs> but – you know, I, I think I think Derek Schultz said it really well earlier. He's like, okay, which what should I take with this uh, with this Colts offense? Should I take the five and a half now six games of evidence that this offense is really bad, or the one time that they look decent? Which one is is which one is more of the trend, and which one is the outlier? And I think we can confidently say that Jaguars game was an outlier. Yeah, that, that's that's absolutely for sure. And honestly, the thing of it was, I've been asked about this a million times over the last week, you know, are the Colts going to win, blah, blah, blah. My answer is always, you know, if I think if the offensive line does its thing yet again, they'll be fine. And here's the thing, maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't think the line was that bad today. No. Like there was some pressure on Ryan, sure, but I am not hanging the blame on the line for this one. Like we, we were willing to do the first several weeks because the line was terrible. I don't know why the offense was so bad today. I really don't. They just um, were not productive. I would say they were just like last week where the offensive line was below average. It's just Matt Ryan was not finding receivers or receivers weren't getting open or there was just some kind of miscommunication. I mean, the pick six was a miscommunication between receiver and quarterback. So whatever happened today, I, Yes, the offensive line shares blame. The offensive line, again, the highest paid offensive line in football, and we're just praying that they're below average every single week. That is a major, major problem. However, they were not as bad in this game as they were the first couple weeks, so kind of improvement. Like I I, I do think the offensive line today was firmly below average, but whether it was fumbles, interceptions, Matt Ryan not finding guys or or guys not getting open, uh, the offense, again, Showed that they can kind of move the ball, but they can't really turn that into points. And yeah, 10 points against a Titans defense that is allowing a ton of passing yards and, and a decent amount of points against. Like, it's it's just, again, it's kind of what we expect in this matchup. It just kind of happens every time. Yeah. So let me clarify what I said. Our, our bar is now pretty low for offensive yes. line play. 
I'm not hanging it all on them. I think they were they played okay enough to win. Were they good? No, but I think you know, given last week's performance, I think the offensive line was good enough to win. Uh, but you know, of course, Matt Ryan's ill-timed pick six. Uh, it was a miscommunication with Paris Campbell. I guess he was supposed. It was an option. He was supposed to run out and up, uh, and Ryan thought he was gonna be there ready for the ball. Campbell wasn't wasn't looking for it. Whatever. I I really don't know who to hang the blame on with that one. But the the next drive, the interception was just terrible. Um, but man, the the drives. Let's see. They, they didn't get points until I think like four minutes uh, left in the third quarter, which is terrible. Another slow start. Uh, their first drives were punt, punt, pick six, interception, punt, punt, before they finally got a touchdown. So just a total lack of production. Um, I thought, honestly, the running game looked okay when they used it. Jonathan Taylor only had 10 carries. Yeah. He looked, I I, I thought if, if it would have been a game where they would have committed to the run, he would have got going. I thought he looked more comfortable uh, than he did earlier in the season. He didn't look totally scatterbrained, like he didn't know where to run. I thought he was a little more decisive. He did have seven catches, but a lot of those are just, you know, fire fire sale dump-offs and things like that. But as far as the 10 carries he had, I, I thought he looked a lot more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me to be the pessimist and to throw rocks at the offensive line again, I don't think there were any runs from Jonathan Taylor today where I thought, oh, wow, that's a well-blocked run. Like, I don't think there was a single one. I just thought it was like... I was watching it and I was like, oh, Jonathan Taylor looks smooth. Like he's making guys miss. I'm really curious to see what, uh, how many like tackles he missed tackles he forced in this game because mm-hmm. like from the top of my head, just from watching this game, if he had 10 carries, I would guess he had like 12 like forced missed tackles. Like it felt like every single run he had, he was making guys miss. And and again, that's a problem with the run blocking. There's no easy runs. I, I bet I almost guarantee that his yards before contact in this one was still like one at best, you know, maybe one yard before contact. So, yes, the running game got going, but I don't want to give credit to the offensive line there because I do think it was almost <laughs> all. It was almost all Jonathan Taylor. Honestly, the only guys that I think had good games on offense were uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. outside of the fumble, uh, but mm. obviously the fumble's part of that. And I, and I thought Alec Pierce, when he was targeted, played well, but – I'm, oh, and, and Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell had a good game, too. Paris Campbell yeah. doesn't deserve any blame for this loss because uh, even on the miscommunication, Frank Reich took full blame, saying that he was too busy arguing the the missed face mask call to allow them to be a check out of that play, which is absurd. But, uh, yeah, yeah, just the offense was a train wreck. And uh, I think, you know, with 10 weeks to go left in the season, I feel like we're going to be saying that a lot more. I fear that you are correct. <laughs> Oh man. So again, this is another, this was another game where we thought they might go a certain way and it just didn't happen at all. Uh, we talked about the tight ends coming into this one and let me count two receptions for 10 yards from tight ends. And that's after three weeks ago in this matchup, the tight ends had the best of any tight end group in the NFL to that point, maybe still. And they had 10 receiving yards in this one. Yep. Why mess? I, like I, I know you don't want to be predictable, but why mess with something that so clearly works? Yeah, I can't really say anything for sure until I watch the film because I just don't know what concepts were being run. I don't know who was open or who mm-hmm. wasn't open. But just from me watching this game live, it was like last week. It was such a good game plan. It was either you know a lot of like drive routes and levels concepts and stuff attacking the the different levels of the defense. 
And then when they were, when you needed to convert and you needed big plays, they were putting Alec Pierce and Kylan Granson uh, backside on three by one sets and having really nice concepts with that. Today, it, it felt like it was all just kind of two by two sets and it was just kind of basic route combinations. There were a couple mesh calls in there, like on Matt Ryan's second interception, it should have been a nice little game to, to Myla Cox on, on the mesh route. And Matt Ryan just completely panicked and threw a pick. Uh, so I don't know how to throw the blame yet at the game plan, but just from the live viewing, it felt like a very, very like standard basic version of last week's game plan, which uh, kind of led to their own downfall because the Titans had a whole bye week to just watch that game and prepare for it. And, and they came out ready to stop the no huddle, you know, quick passing offense uh, that was not very creative at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm done talking about the offense. Yes. I don't know about you, but at least for today, <laughs> we can move on from that. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about our, our friends over at prize picks. Yeah. Again, something that's positive. Uh, one of the picks I'm considering this week is Prize Picks projection of Bears quarterback Justin Fields getting more or less than 160.5 passing yards against Bill Belichick's Patriots defense. Belichick knows how to shut down those young quarterbacks, and Fields has just not been uber productive as a passer. Uh, it's super easy to make picks like that with Prize Picks, whether it's on the app or on the computer. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their projections, then you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the MLB playoffs, the new NBA season, and tons more. Your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Withdrawing your earnings is also safe and easy, which is a big plus. And Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Zach, looking at the defense, I thought the defensive line was very active, especially our guy Grover Stewart. Did you know he had 12 tackles today, which led both teams, and you just don't see that from noses? You just don't. I think that I thought that was too low. I, I would have expected like 20 tackles from what I saw out there. I mean, oh my gosh, mm. Grover Stewart was everywhere. It felt like, felt like every single tackle you saw Grover Stewart getting up from the from the top of the pile. And uh, yeah, Grover Stewart and, and DeForest Buckner too. DeForest Buckner was awesome today. Super disruptive. It was all over the place. The defensive ends were below average. <laughs> but <laughs> but the two guys in the middle, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, like – those those are two centerpieces for a defense. Whether whether this is a Gus Bradley defense next year or not, or or whatever, uh, those are two centerpieces. Those are some really good players. And and DeForest Buckner, when healthy, has played amazing this year. And then Grover Stewart, from from the snap one of the season to this latest snap, you know, at the end of this game, like Grover Stewart has just been phenomenal. So uh, hats off to those two guys. They actually showed up and wanted to play against the Titans today, and and they did everything they could for the Colts to win. It's just uh you know like a good like. 50 other players didn't show up. Yeah, I think this was a good example of them also missing Quiddy Pay. Uh, that was yes. a big one. So when you look at these numbers, it was yet again another performance where the Colts defense did more than enough for the Colts to win. Uh, Tennessee only had 254 yards of offense and 138 of that was on the ground. Uh, again, it's one of those things where they did overall a nice job against Henry early on, but just eventually that's just going to start breaking. 
Uh, 5 of 12 on third down. 0 and 2 in the red zone, which the Titans are elite in the red zone coming into this thing. So to shut them out in the red zone and hold them to field goals was pretty big, but still just not quite enough because that pick six wound up making the difference. Otherwise, the, the defense held them to, to three field goals. Uh, so looking at the linebackers, another game where Bobby Okereke was all over the place. And I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I guess so last week he left the game briefly against the Jaguars with a hand injury. Turns out he had like a broken bone or something that went through through the skin, which is pretty oh. gnarly. And they just taped him up and went went back out there. You would never know that he had some nasty, gruesome injury last week with, with how he was flying around today. Hasn't he always had something with his hands? Because didn't he have a club a couple years ago as well? Wasn't that? Yeah, well? he he did. He did. I think he, I, I think he had a, I think he had a pick with that big club, if I remember correctly. I feel like I remember a picture him a huge mitten, and he has the ball in his hand. He he dropped a pick. He went up. He was he was the uh, middle linebacker, and he, it was against Baker Mayfield in the second half. And he went up to catch it, and it hit off the club and fell. And fell through his hands. He that might have also sense. had a pick. I don't remember if he had a pick or not in that game. I know, I think Anthony Walker had a pick in that game. I don't know. that He might have had a pick with the club. I just remember he did drop one because of the club. But anyway, uh, yeah, Bobby O'Karrake is a really good linebacker. Uh, a perfect linebacker for the scheme. He's played really well. Um, but I, I do think the other linebacker, I mean, EJ Speed was awesome when he played. EJ Speed's been great in run defense yeah. this whole year. Uh, Zaire Franklin had uh, probably his worst game of the year. I think, which I think he's been above average in most of the games this season. So it's not a slight to him that I think he was kind of below average today. Uh, missed a couple tackles, including a one on, on third down, which he really needed to make uh, for the Colts to get off the field. Uh, and then it got beat on a couple times by tight ends. So uh, Zaire Franklin kind of struggled, but Bobby O'Karrake, man, that's a trooper. And he's he's a phenomenal linebacker. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in a year where where Shaq Leonard has missed pretty much every single snap of the year, like Bobby Okereke has really stepped up as that number one guy at linebacker, and he's been he's been really good for a defense that's you know like a fringe top ten unit. Yeah, no doubt. I uh, he's he's been a real bright spot, and I just really hope that his snaps don't diminish when Leonard gets back. Because <sighs> dude, I know I know they've they've really they've really liked Zaire Franklin, so I have no idea what they're gonna do once once Leonard is back. Uh, but look, looking beyond that at the secondary, save for a couple big plays by tight ends, I thought uh, I thought the secondary played pretty well in general. You know, Stephon Gilmore did get fooled on on that one play by Cody Hollister, which I mean, I, I guess anyone can make that because you you just don't expect to give up anything or even have a target towards him. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I was actually going to get your your thoughts on Julian Blackman was pretty much really ready to go in this one. And he still got passed over by Rodney Thomas. Uh, any, any thoughts to that? I, I know we've both been thinking what that lineup would look like once he was back. Um, I think I can go either way with it. Cause I do think Rodney Thomas is more ready to perform in this scheme, but I do think Julian Blackman's the better player. Uh, so it just kind of, it, it really comes down to trust in the scheme there. So it's kind of like the Brandon face on and, and Isaiah Rogers thing where Isaiah Rogers is definitely the better player, but you probably trust face on more in the scheme. I mean, I'm not saying I would trust Faceoff more in the scheme, but you get what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gus Bradley probably trusts Rodney Thomas a little bit more right now than Julian Blackman. And, and honestly, the Colts defense struggled the first two weeks. And then with Rodney Thomas out there, they've been pretty solid outside of the Jaguars game. So uh, I, I kind of get the rotation. Uh, it, it doesn't shock me too much, but 
Uh, hopefully, as the season goes along, you know, you get to see a little bit more Julian Blackman or maybe more three safety sets. I don't think I saw any of those today, but one day, one day we'll get a three safety set right. in this defense. But honestly, I can't complain too much with the defense right now. Like this game for me was what a fringe top 10 defense versus a bad offense should look like. Like, yeah, there were some plays you went back and you wish that the defense could have got off the field, but they were far from the issue in this one. They were perfectly fine. Uh, I would call it, you know, an average to above average game for this defense. Yeah, I, I really don't have any gripes. It's really about what I expected. You know, the, the Titans only threw 20 times. Derrick Henry had 30 carries, so really 128 yards on that amount of carries. Yeah. You'll take it. I mean, it's 4.3 per, but there was a couple bigger runs in there late in the game that really kind of right. shifted that. It was, so. like, I think the game was kind of out of reach, and he was at, like, 25 for, like, 85 or something, like... You live with like that's fine. Like that, it's Derrick Henry, so just him touching the ball, he's gonna fall forward for like three yards there anyway. Uh, so I, I'm perfectly fine with their run defense. Like their run defense had a couple times they got hit, but this was the best I felt about the run defense since Quiddy Pay went down. Yeah, I, I think I have a bigger issue with just some like un, untimely, honestly, pass plays. You know, the tight end play, the Austin Hooper one where he bobbled Wait, it and everything. Yeah, I mean that. That one's tough because that, that's a phenomenal play by Rodney McLeod. Like yeah. Rodney McLeod came in there, knocked that ball away, and it's just there. Yeah. And then yeah, Zaire Franklin got beat on a, on a tight end, uh, another tight end play to Hooper, and and Gilmore got beat on a double move. But like playing defense in the NFL nowadays, you're gonna get beat. You're gonna get some really bad penalties against you because because penalties always go against the defense unless you're the Titans in this one, <laughs> you know. But but like no that kidding. face mask call was not a penalty whatsoever, and, and you know that everything always goes against the defense. So. If you're allowing 12 points against an offense in the NFL, uh, because, you know, obviously there was the pick six uh, that, that doesn't really count against them, like you're doing your job. So the, the defense came out and they did their job. They weren't phenomenal. They weren't great, but they did their job. So I, I really can't complain too much about the defense in this one. Yeah, my complaints are over, I guess, for today. Uh, that's it for us. I, I'm already looking forward to the next episode so we can kind of Talk about some heavier issues with this team and what we might want to do moving forward. Uh, we will be back with you guys later in this week to, to talk about none other than that. I know you guys are going to have some hot, spicy takes, and so we're going to want to talk about what you guys are. No doubt there's going to be some tough questions asked, so we will uh, we'll be giving our takes on those as well. Yeah, definitely. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at JakeArthurNFL, at ZachHicks2, and at LockedOnColts on Twitter. Make sure you are going to at ZachHicks2 on Twitter and making fun of me for not knowing how to say the word jewelers. Jewelers, jewelers. I will practice that in the mirror for weeks until I get it right. Also, subscribe to our shows on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And thanks again for making Locked On Colts your first listen, or maybe today, like a little bit later, but you know, first listen every day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports. Uh, from from the games that matter to the most to the ah, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide i mean with locked on you guys get this goofiness right here me not knowing how to pronounce words like come on this is you want to go to Locked On Sports today for the real professionals available on this app youtube wherever you get your podcast we'll see you guys this week Tuesday, coming hot at you. We will see you guys this week. We really matched the Colts' uh, effort today. We did. We did. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 